Okay. So here we are in, I always am losing track now. We're all the way up to, I think, episode five of Boston Faith and Justice. Let's talk Faith and Justice podcast. And we're really excited to have um, a friend with us today. I'm going to kind of let her introduce herself and we'll kind of spend the whole episode talking about why she's here and why we're so excited to have her here. Um, but she's someone I was trying to remember when we met, I think it was at the Sojourners Conference, right? You were presenting. Yeah. Over three years ago. Yes. Yeah. It was pre-pandemic. And um, I was just so impressed with what she had to share and the way she um, weaved faith into what she was doing and had this just broader vision and picture and also just brought the facts, the math facts. I mean, not, not math, I guess it's finances. You'll see when we talk about it, but having not, not having a math or finance brain, um, I was just doubly impressed by you. Just let me reveal that. Um Anyway, so welcome. And can you just introduce yourself? And we'd love for you to introduce yourself by way of sharing what posters you had on your wall as a kid uh, and why. Sure. Well, thank you so much for having me. And I'm just really glad to be continuing to engage with Boston Faith and Justice Network. Um, the work you do is is really important in our community um, and really happy to kind of continue to have this bridge um, with your organization and, and mine and, and the work I do. Um, I am Aliana Pinedo. I'm the impact director at Boston Impact Initiative. Um, and I think I'll tell you a little bit more about Boston Impact Initiative in a few minutes. Um, but first, uh, so I do not know why, but I did not have posters on my walls as a child. Um, my sister had uh, New Kids on the Block. Um, and then like, you know, as we got older, various hip hop artists and stuff. But um, for some reason, I just was not a poster collector. Um, but I think that, you know, just things that I was into when I was little, um, you know, I, I, um, I simultaneously like I did ballet, but also was really into like early 90s hip hop and R&B groups. Um, and so um, I think there would have been like some combination of those things on my wall, but for some reason was not a poster collector. So um, I guess I can't answer that question uh, totally, but but there you go. No, that's great. Thank you. And I just shout out to New Kids on the Block because that was what was on my wall as I revealed um, many different New Kids on the Block posters. Um, but I love that thinking of 90s hip hop. I was like running through my catalog of like, okay, who who would it have been? Because um, thanks to Spotify and Apple Music, it's like I feel like I'm in a resurgence of my own love for my music of my childhood. Yeah. Um, but anyway, shifting more to the to the why of um, you being here, I would love for you to share a little bit about your journey that brought you to BII, and then um, we can talk about um, the work itself. Sure. Um, so uh, I am from Boston originally. From uh, I grew up in Brighton and then in Brookline, Massachusetts, um, and uh, then went to Boston University um, and became really interested in international development and kind of aid work um, on an international scale. Um, but had to find a job, and this is pre-2008, um, and who was hiring but the finance sector, right? They were just kind of handing out jobs. Um, you know, if you didn't have to study finance, you know, you just got a job. So I ended up in finance. Um, I worked first for a company here in, in Boston, and then I went down uh, for one year in Boston, then I went down to New York and worked at an asset management firm um, for about five years down there. Um, and uh, I, I think... What helped me, it sort of shaped my view of the world, because before I was thinking more about when I was in college, like geopolitics and sort of, um, you know, 
political and historical factors in how the world runs. Um, and I realized that being it like the epicenter of, of, of finance in New York City at a, you know, very like Wall Street style shop that like that money is what makes the world go around. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I had that realization and and a really um, caring group of, of people like, while while Wall Street sounds cutthroat, the people I worked with um, really were interested in seeing, especially a young woman of color, like advance. And um, and there were not a lot of people that I could, that could mentor me that looked like me by any means. Um, but there were people that, um, you know, white men who really cared about my advancement um, and wanted to see me succeed and grow in the company, um, which is why I stayed for, you know, five years, which is a long time to have a job, you know, um, in, in our generation. So, um, so we, so I, I really enjoyed that learning experience, but really, but realized that like there was something kind of missing. Um, you know, I really wanted to be working in something that um, I felt like was um, changing the world in a positive way that was having a positive influence um, and, and really to like live out my values through my work. Um, and so that is part of what um, made me go back to grad school. I attended the, attended the new school um, in, in New York City, um, went part-time, continued to work, um, and finally quit and got an internship. Um, and, and the internship that I got was in, um, sorry, I studied international, uh, international, uh, development essentially. So still going back to what I had been interested in, but really with a focus on more like social enterprise, um, how investments can, um, encourage development, right? So this intersection of um, development, like community development and finance. Um, And so I got an internship in Ecuador. I ended up getting a job down there. I lived down there for three years um, and uh, really enjoyed the work I did. I was working closely with um, indigenous communities um, and I was also reporting to impact investors. So my job down there was um, to, to report to impact investors. And that was really the first interaction I had um, with, with impact investing, which is essentially making investments for a financial return, but also seeking um, a social or environmental impact. So you want a positive impact with your investment. Um, when I came back to New York, I got a job with the um, Global Impact Investing Network, which helped me get like a 30,000 foot view. And I realized I was there for a few years and realized that I really missed the one-on-one interaction with um, community members. You know, when I was in Ecuador, it had been indigenous farmers. Um, And so I was looking for something in Boston that would give me an interaction with community members, but in the impact investing field. to be honest, I thought I still wanted to do international work. And so when I came across the job at Boston Impact Initiative, I was sort of you know, turned off by the very local nature of it. Um, I hadn't lived in Boston in a very long time. Um, I wasn't really looking forward to moving back, to be honest. I thought New York was you know, much more cosmopolitan, much more integrated as a, as a community. Um, you know, I felt uh, like Boston wasn't I, I was feeling a little funny about moving back to Boston. And so doing such local work felt like, you know, oh, what am I going to do there? Um, however, Boston Impact Initiative, um, you know, the, the work is so uh, community focused um, mm-hmm. and the, and the um, opportunity for me was to marry the 
the purpose that I had, you know, the the values driven purpose that I had to work with community um, and also bring in my understanding of um, amplifying impact, um, you know, social environmental impact in these types of businesses um, and to do it in a community that I grew up in. Um, actually turned out like I kind of came full circle and I was like, oh my gosh, this is just the best opportunity I could be afforded. And so um, I've been at BII for the last four years as the impact director. Um, And, you know, the the, um, relationships that I have with entrepreneurs, um, entrepreneurs of color, and, and just like that run the gamut, right? From the bakery that is on um, Center Street in West Roxbury, that I both go to and, you know, we do, um, uh, co- you know, business coaching calls with her um, and have made an investment a while back um, to the, you know, uh, tech startups um, that are led by people of color and that are raising, you know, millions of dollars to to, to fund their enterprises. Um, but all of that connection with the, the entrepreneurs and really getting into how they're doing their work for their community has just has been amazing. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much um, for sharing. I feel like you provided such a perfect glimpse into not only how you got to BII, but you as a person and your values. Um, and I just really appreciate your passion for the work that you do. Um, one of the things that we wanted to ask were what systemic and interpersonal, interpersonal issues does the work of BII address? Yeah. So Boston, just to introduce it, Boston Impact Initiative, we're a nonprofit um, and we're an impact investing fund. Um, basically, our mission is to build financial, social and political power uh, with entrepreneurs of color. And so we do this by investing in people, um, places. We do real estate investment as well and social enterprises um, that share our vision for this equitable economy. Um, really across the state of Massachusetts and and beyond, because we've um, recently expanded our geographic footprint to um, to the Northeast. Um, and so this place-based model uh, offers what we view as a systems changing approach um, for those working to close the racial wealth divide and build power in communities of color. And so we make investments with the intention to um, generate positive um, returns, both for investors, right? So we're we're an investment fund um, and we have investors into our fund. And so we we want to pay those investors back. Um, but we're all but what we're focusing on is is making sure that there's also impact returns. So our investors are looking not only for their their financial return, but really also the um, the positive social impact that we're generating. Mm-hmm. Um, All right, I don't know if you want to ask, like, if there's another piece of that question that I might have missed. Feel free to follow up. No, that's great. I mean, again, there's so much I think to both your story and what BIA does. It's like, okay, we have to we'll come at it from a couple different ways because 
again, as you were talking about impact investing, I was like, I hope she says the definition because like, I'm not sure I fully like know the difference between some of these different ways in which socially responsible investing and impact investing and, you know, a couple different financial terms. So of course you did, um, which I very much appreciate. And so I was scribbling some notes um, just to make sure I had it. And so can you talk a little bit, I know sometimes in the past when um, I've heard you speak, you talk about some specific companies you've invested in or people that sort of encapsulate the way in which BIA operates and the the impact you guys are making. So do you have any um, kind of stories specific that you could share? Sure. Um, so one example um, is uh, Synergy Contracting. Um, and so Synergy Contracting is owned by a Latina businesswoman. She's an immigrant from Guatemala. Um, she lives up in the Lawrence Merrimack Valley uh, area. Um, and she, she was a, so just a little background on her. She was a, um, she was worked at a contracting firm in construction, um, for like 20 years from when she graduated college, or I think it was an internship all the way through. And she was kind of the number two person there, but never really like, you know, she was never offered like ownership of the company. Um, you know, she had benefits and stuff, but it wasn't anything great. And she just saw, you know, she she felt like there was more that could be offered to the employees and the workers. Um, and so she decided to go off and start her own business. Um, and she's general contracting and environmental remediation. Um, and she decided that she was going to be a union shop. And so she hires all union employees. They get great benefits. They have great pay. She provides a lot of trainings to them. Um, so that's one piece that we look for at Boston Impact Initiative. It's not only like, are you a social enterprise that's like, you know, um, uh, doing, you know, uh, green buildings or doing, uh, you know, which which we also care about, but also how are you treating your workers? Um, do your workers, you know, is it a, a, a place where there's, um, you know, either covered by union agreements or um, other types of worker ownership or worker decision making. Um, and then also, you know, how are you paying them well? Are you creating jobs for people of color uh, to build wealth and, and to really grow within those jobs? And so um, most of her workers are people of color. Many of them are women of color who are very under um, underrepresented in the construction industry. Um, mm -hmm. And so she's creating these great jobs for women of color um, and, 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 you know, paying them really well, providing them benefits, providing them training, um, and, and also just um, really being like a, a, I think she's also does a really great job of kind of getting out there and being, um, you know, speaking on behalf of other women entrepreneurs. Um, so it's about companies that are providing great jobs, companies that are um, working to transform their sector right, by um, kind of innovating in the sector or um, kind of providing awareness and representation in a given sector. Um, and then also companies that are um, providing a, a good or a service that is really a benefit to society, right? So um, we have some other companies. One example is um, All Here Education, um, which is an AI, two-way AI chatbot, um, but essentially is a way of engaging with students and families in K through 12 to make sure that they are um, attending school, that they get kind of um, resources that they need to make school attendance 
easier for them. They get other types of resources. Um, so not only school attendance, but, you know, figuring out bus schedules or, you know, where if school is closed, you know, where can they get, um, you know, and they get free lunch, like where can they get food um, if they get, um, you know, if they need mental health resources or other types of resources, getting them connected. Um, and so that's been um, an amazing investment. And that's really, you know, that product is really helping families both reduce absenteeism, mm -hmm. you know, for their students, but also just provide them with a lot of other resources. So those are two examples that I love to give um, of two really amazing women entrepreneurs um, that are that are doing a great job. We also invest in men um, as well. And so we have um, a, a whole portfolio of, of really great entrepreneurs of color um, that we're excited about. That's awesome. Thank you. And that's so much of why I get so excited about the work that you do, because first of all, the work that you do in itself and the impact that it's making, but like also I just feel like it represents this innovative way to think about economic choices and the way in which we can use our resources. And so like, as you're talking like this, and again, engaging with you is a great way to, to obviously live that out. But also like, as we make economic choices, sometimes we feel like we have to choose between caring about this or caring about that, or, you know, an array of things, but there is, there are ways sometimes you have to be really innovative and creative and research driven, but to, to make choices that don't degrade the environment or workers and, you know, are, are positively contributing to the community. Um, and so I just love that that's your, your values and just a great example of it being lived out on a little bit more macro scale that I think all of us can kind of take to heart. So appreciate that about your work among so many other things. Thank you. Yeah. Maybe I'll just say for that, um, you know, that, that we are not philanthropy, right? So, so we, we make, the investments that we make are um, mostly equity and debt. So we can um, make an investment into, you know, an early stage startup um, that's focused on um, battery storage for um, energy, uh, you know, for solar or wind energy, right? So re renewable energy. Um, and that's like a really hot topic, right? And very exciting. Um, and so we might put, you know, and that's sort of something you might think about with a venture capitalist, right? Like they might put put money into one of these early stage startups that, you know, may make it big. They're taking a big risk and a big chance. Um, now, by the way, um, startups, those types of venture backed startups that are started by fund funders of, excuse me, founders of color um, get less than 2% of VC funding um, generally. Uh, and so, especially black and Latino founders. And so, um, you know, I, I just would say that like, you know, we're, we're, we're sometimes, you know, completing around or participating with a small group of other funders um, for founders that like really entrepreneurs that might not get access to this type of capital and might not have the network to get in front of all of the right investors. Um, then on the other hand, we're also looking at investments into um companies that might need debt, right? So they need loans, um, but they're early stage, you know, earlier stage or, you know, less than two or three years old, you can't go to a bank and get a loan if you haven't been in business for a few years. Um, and even so, even if you were, and maybe personally, you know, your credit score had been affected by something that happened in your past, um, you might not get that loan at the bank because they're asking you for your credit score or they're asking you, you know, do you own your house? Because we need it as collateral. 
BII does not look at credit scores. We don't take personal guarantees. And so some of those things that really affect entrepreneurs of color from getting um, bank financing, uh, you know, we, we take those barriers out and we're really based on relationship investments, um, relationship lending, relationship investing, um, because we, we look at the, the ability to kind of uh, establish these relationships of trust, of responsibility to each other, um, and, and of really, you know, getting to know each other. Um, and that's part of what we make the decision on. Of course, we also vet the company, you know, for a sound business model and, and projections, um, but we also help them think through those things. And um, if a company is kind of earlier stage, we will help them, you know, think through changes they might need to make or um, who they might need to talk to to get bigger contracts, all of that, um, different types of financial capital, right, that we can provide, but also knowledge capital and social capital to connect them to the right people um, that they might not have had the network for before. Mm -hmm. So so those just to speak a little bit more about the type of capital that we provide um, and the ways in which we engage with our entrepreneurs, um, it's very different from both a venture capitalist or a bank. Yeah, I really appreciate you sharing that and also mentioning and stressing the importance of relationships um, and mitigating some of those barriers, you know, that I feel like nowadays there's very some jobs, you know, ask for a credit score, which doesn't have any relevance to your employment with the organization. But mm -hmm. especially as you talk about, you know, generational wealth and wanting to, you know, build a future and make an impact, taking out some of those barriers um, is very, very important. So I thank you for highlighting. Um, and I'm wondering in what ways can we or people that are listening engage with BII? Yeah, so there's there's a few different ways. Um, one is, um, so we recently launched our uh, BII fund too. So we had run um, our first fund, uh, well, we had a pilot fund from about 2013 to 2017. And the founders, um, Deborah Fries and Michael Fries were kind of experimenting, like, can this work? Can we make all these different types of investments um, and, and get paid back, you know, and, and at least, you know, recover our, our initial capital? Um, can we not take credit scores? Does it work? Um, and so they found, you know, yeah, this has some legs. And so then they opened it up to other investors in 2017, BII Fund One was launched um, and we made about 50 investments, uh, $7 million was invested. And mm. now just recently in 2022, in October, we launched BII Fund Two. Um, and that is a $20 million fund. Um, and we are focused both on uh, financing businesses owned by people of color and um, community owned and controlled real estate. So affordable real estate, both commercial and residential, you know, with long-term affordability that also has an aspect of either community ownership. So people owning a piece and being able to um, get back, you know, some investment um, or being able to govern and make decisions, you know, even if they're renting, making decisions about that, that real estate asset. Um, and so, so that, um, is the thesis for, for uh, fund two. And one of the ways that we have, um, you know, thought about how the community can get involved, it's not just about, oh, we'll go out and look for, um, 
you know, business owners who don't have access to capital and and we'll give them access to capital. It's also about looking for community investors. So um, while most of the fund will be funded by um, accredited investors that have, you know, generally wealthy individuals um, or institutions that have, you know, access to wealth and can invest, um, those rates are going to be lower rates um, of investment. So they're they're looking or or of interest. So they're looking at, um, you know, rates that are uh, generally below market rate. Um, But we have this slice of community investors and we decided to um, make the fund structured so that those community investors would get a higher interest rate. So whenever have you been offered the opportunity to invest in an impact investing fund? Have you ever gotten the opportunity to invest in impact investing funds? So this is an opportunity. um, And 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 it's also an opportunity to make more than your rich counterparts. So surprise. Love it. <laughs> um, and and so what we're what we're doing is, um, you know, we have uh, these um, investment notes, and you know, people can reach out to me. I would love to um, talk to community members because really, it's just anybody who lives in Massachusetts um, can invest, and the minimum is a thousand dollars. So you know, it, there there is some barrier there, um, but but it's not a, a large one. Um, and and I'll just say that, um, you know, what we're trying to do is um, provide people with the opportunity to um, to be part of what we're doing. Right. And and have it not just be, you know, oh, wealthy individuals can um, invest and sort of be in this community of investors. But like I can be an impact investor. You can be an impact investor. Um, and so part of it is creating this community of impact investors of our neighbors, of 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 our friends. Um, that can come in and and um, and and shape this with us. So we're we're really excited about that. Um, and then other ways I would say is just continuing to support um, businesses owned by people of color. I think there was a huge wave of um, doing this in 2020 during the racial uprisings and kind of there was a lot of attention around this. Um, and my sense is it subsided a bit. Um, and so I would just continue to encourage, um, you know, listeners to this podcast and members of um, BFJN to um, really, as they go out and spend their money um, and make financial choices or, you know, um, choices of, of where to shop and things like that, um, that they continue to consider their values. Um, and I know that it can be difficult, right, in in a time when, you know, there's, you um, tightening of of the market a bit and there's sort of um, a little bit of economic uncertainty but those small businesses in your neighborhood are also facing economic uncertainty and so um, we we all need to kind of band together and and support them Um, so I would say you know continue to shop at local businesses continue to shop at businesses owned by people of color um, because you know we are the people that will keep them in business yeah I just have a question based off of that side, Elizabeth. It looks like you're going to jump in and say something. Um, do you have on your website the organizations that you all have invested in or some of those, you know, smaller um, Black-owned restaurants, um, not restaurants, maybe I'm hungry, <laughs> um, Black-owned businesses or minority-owned businesses that uh, um, we can, you know, shop at and explore to learn more about? 
Yes, definitely. So you can check out our website. It's bostonimpact.org. Um, up on the right-hand corner, you'll see um, portfolio companies. You can click on there. I would say, you know, we don't have a ton of retail and restaurants, especially in the second fund. We're focusing more on um you know, businesses that might be a little bit more what they call B2B, so business to business or, um, you know, less of like the retail and consumer packaged goods. But just to call out a few that are in fund uh, one, um, Hillside Harvest Hot Sauce, um, 88 Acres, um, Seed Snacks, and and um, they do seed nola, they do seed butters, it's um, allergen-free Um uh, fresh food generation. They they opened a, a restaurant in I believe Dorchester uh, a year or two ago, and and they have their food truck and catering, um, and and a few others. Um, I would I would definitely check them out um, and you know buy from them, order from them, um, because these are businesses that um, are doing great things in the community and also um, you know deserve deserve all of our support. Absolutely, that's awesome, and that was a great question, Ivy. Um, I am also hungry now too, um, <laughs> that we've started talking about that. Um, but yeah, I really appreciate that. And we'll share, um, also your, you know, BAI's info and everything, um, with some follow-up stuff, because again, to keep engaging in this conversation, but I really do appreciate you calling out kind of that personal level because I'm excited about this investment level idea and, um, asking us to consider like, okay, a lot of us do invest either. We have a retirement fund going or like, a little bit of money on the side. like, And so this idea of investing our values, which is something we're very conscious of at BFJN and we talk about a lot. And so it's exciting to have really practical applications right at our fingertips. So we appreciate that. But then also this idea that all of our economic choices are also reflective of either our values intentionally or, or unintentionally our, our value of not looking <laughs> sort mm-hmm. of that. Um, you know, careless value, which I'm calling myself out on that too. It's please don't think that I'm saying every economic choice that I make is an intentional one where I am investing in things I believe in. I would love for that to be true. Um, but it is something that we are invited to consider, um, especially as people of faith that, you know, everything we do should be reflective of, of what we believe in. So yeah, I just really appreciate that angle as well. Yeah, I, I just want to say that, like, yes, that's definitely, um, like, thank you for for summarizing that. And, and just to, like, hit the nail on the head that, like, you know, having been raised, um, you know, in the church and, and um, you know, first having, like, watched and been in, you know, kind of the Wall Street style finance, and then coming to this, this is just... Um, for me, so much more aligned and so much w- more of, you know, what I feel like my vocation and what I've been called to do. Um, mm-hmm. And so, uh, yeah, just just wanted to kind of um, say that outright that like, I, I feel really blessed to be at this in this role, because I, I do feel like I don't have to like live my values on the side, you know? Um, and I know many of us are faced with that, right? We have our day job, we do it because we have to. And then like in other parts of our life, you know, we volunteer and, and we do things that way. And, th- and that's fine. There's absolutely no judgment on that. Um, but I've just been, I'm so lucky that I can um, do this work that I really care deeply about and, and I'm like very moved to do um, part of it's really part of like my faith journey has been coming to this role and, and being able to live out what, what I believe that I'm kind of here to do. So mm-hmm. thanks for saying that because I just wanted to make sure that was like uh, out there for me. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you for articulating that. And I just like, I am so thankful that 
there are people like you who not only like answer that call, but are so clearly gifted and equipped to answer it. That's just, it's wonderful to see. Um, you know, like you said, there's some of us get to have our vocation be our job and some of us don't. And there's so many different, as many different ways as there are people to live out the things we're called to. But um, it is just really encouraging to see you in the role that you're in. And um, you're so clearly passionate about it and so clearly very gifted um, to do that role. And because of that, you're making the world a better place. So yeah, thank you for what you do. Thanks, Elizabeth. Do you have anything else you want to add, Ivy? I do not, no. Okay. Is there anything we missed? Um Eliana, that you want to make sure we hit on before we end? Um, no, I think this is great. I would just um, encourage listeners to, um, you know, feel free to reach out to me directly. Um, and you can put my email in whatever descriptions or anything. Um, but reach out to me directly if you want to learn more about the opportunity to invest in BII's fund too. Um, there's also information, kind of more general information on the website. Um, but yeah, we're, we're really excited to offer this opportunity to, to people, you know, um, our neighbors and, and our friends in Massachusetts and, and the surrounding states, um, to, to take part in, um, this really exciting, uh, work that we're doing here. Um, so yeah, just encourage people to, to reach out directly and, and get, uh, more information because I'd love to talk to them. Okay. That's awesome. We will be sure to share that and, um, are excited to see people engage with this. Um, so thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us as well. I just feel really enriched by this conversation and um, am really glad that people will be able to hear a little bit about you and what you're doing. So thank you. Thank you for having me. Great to meet you, Ivy. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much.